Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Hello, Seska. You're looking radiantly maternal. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, November 11, 2021. This is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello. Day 296 of the Biden-Harris administration, 361 days until the 22 midterms. Uh, follow me on Instagram, why don't you, at the Bob Seska. That's my handle, the Bob Seska, as in the Bob Seska Show, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm also on Twitter at Bob Seska underscore go, the worst Twitter handle in the world. And, uh, okay, David's not here again this week. Uh, another scheduling conflict, so let's do this first, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Jody on the show. That's what we're waiting for. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to talk with Seska. That's me. And T-Rex some more. Not here. Today. Mm-hmm. Nothing really grows with Jody on the show. With Seska. And while we're here, why don't we do this, too? Can you say Okay, Jody and Buzz are here. Welcome, wait, wait, Jody and Buzz. Wait, yes, it, yes. Is, is it Tuesday already? Yeah. Please don't say that. <laughs> it's Tuesday again. I'm totally unprepared. I haven't even done the Thursday show. Wait, wait. Oh, today is Thursday. It's I'm, Groundhog Day. I'm so confused. Of course, you all know Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast, from-the-bunker.com, also at patreon.com slash from the bunker, and, and my friend Buzz Burbank right over there from the uh, Tuesday show, from our Tuesday mm-hmm. uh, podcast here. Uh, Michael J. Elston on Twitter. You can find That's them. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, Kimberly was on uh, Stephanie's show for an hour this morning, and I understand they had some interesting conversations about me uh, wrapping sleeping. My, yeah, sleeping yeah. wrapped wrapped mm-hmm. up like a burrito in our freezing cold mm-hmm. bedroom. <laughs> yeah, I want that picture. Yeah, uh, so do I. I didn't even notice she did that. I, I didn't. <laughs> I was completely unaware that she was taking you photographs were sleeping of me, and you were in your little cocoon. Yes, because you know the temperature in our bedroom. Because Kimberly is like she's not literally from Norland. She's not from any of those Norwegian countries, but she might as well be because the temperature, especially when it gets colder during the winter, temperature in our bedroom, two. I mean, it's it's that it's that. <laughs> 
there's something Nordic there. She's a tall blonde who likes cold yeah. weather, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We always joke about the refrigerator and all that stuff, thanks to Jody Hamilton, of course. Yeah, that's me. Uh, and my <laughs> response to that always is, our entire apartment is the refrigerator. That's the, <laughs> that's the secret. We don't have to wedge ourselves into the actual thing. And the reason we keep it so cold here keeps the podcasting fresh. That's what it does. <laughs> It does. It does. You know, Letterman, yeah, people used to wear coats to Letterman's show because oh, yeah. it was so freaking cold. Oh, yeah, it's cold always in cold in a studio. Sullivan it's Theater. Freezing, he, had, yeah. he had refrigeration units installed. Oh, yeah, he th- yeah. He thought people were more inclined to laugh if they're cold. I don't, you know, I, speaking for myself, no. No, I'm, I, you know, <laughs> if I'm cold, I'm not happy. Okie dokie. Let's get into things here. Um, the House Committee, uh, the 1-6 the Committee investigating the insurrection has subpoenaed 10 10 former White House officials, including Kaylee McEnany and, uh, oh, you hate to see it, Stephen Miller. (laughs) Stephen Miller. You thought you'd never see it. Oh, I know. I know. The list goes on and on and on. John McEntee, Christopher Liddell, uh, Keith Kellogg, Ben Williamson, Nicholas Luna. Just a a whole bunch of these guys are going to be feeling some pain. And the first thing I thought of when I saw this news come down is, oh my God, good luck with the legal fees. Even if nothing happens to any of these guys, even if they are able to skate through, do their little uh, deposition and so on and move on and they're not really held culpable for anything, they still have to spend a colossal amount of money on legal defense. And I always go back to this clip from the West Wing where Charlie Babish, I mean, uh, Oliver Babish, is explaining to Charlie about legal fees when it comes to a uh, a grand jury investigation. Let's listen to this clip real quick. And and okay. this is just all for purposes of schadenfreude. That's all we're doing here, schadenfreude. Today the president is going to direct the attorney general to appoint a special prosecutor. Yes, sir. You know what that means, right? Yeah. Okay, so you're going to need a lawyer. Actually, Mr. Babish, I don't think I need one. You do? I think I'll be fine. Really? Yeah. <laughs> He's going to ask you about everything you have seen and heard since you started working at the White House. I can answer those questions truthfully. Then he's going to call you back a month later and ask you the exact same questions. If your answers change even a little, they can prosecute you for perjury. Mr. Babish, Oliver's fine. (laughs) Are you prepared to describe every conversation you ever had with the president? Whether he asked you for an aspirin, whether his hands quivered? Are you prepared to answer questions about your relationship with his youngest daughter? This is NFL football. When is this all going to happen? I don't know. How can you not know? Because grand jury investigations are secret. So they can just knock on my door one morning? They will knock on your door one morning. (laughs) How much? You know, how much do you think? Assuming you did nothing wrong, saw nothing wrong, and heard nothing wrong. About $100,000. Whoa! And that was then. (laughs) Yeah, that was in, uh, what, uh, turn of the century money. Oh, my God. Well, you hate to see it. Kaylee McEnany and Stephen Miller racking up $100,000 legal fees each. And uh, that's if they did nothing wrong. And Mike Flynn. That's exactly right. And, you know, I was thinking about this, and I don't know where either of you stand on this, but I'm thinking that this period of time between the criminal contempt referral being passed by the House of Representatives against Steve Bannon and today, this gap... I'm thinking uh-huh. it's gone on this long because they do indeed intend to prosecute. If it was something where, yeah, you know what, we really don't have the standing here or whatever the excuse might be. We may have heard about that 
a little bit sooner than now or next week or the week after. I think this means, I think this length of time, this gap means that they're actually moving forward. And if they've got a grand jury impaneled, I don't know that we would necessarily hear about it right away. Would we? I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Not usually. I mean, it, it, sometimes it's announced, but uh, often not. I mean, you, you never want to tip your hand as a prosecutor if you can avoid it. So I think it's encouraging. I'm not overly concerned about the stalling here. I think this means that something's actually going to happen. And I'm trying to put, hmm, I'm trying to look at this as cup half full because I don't want I think. I, yeah. And I, I don't want to believe that the DOJ is going to be like, eh, I don't care. Uh, you know, then, <laughs> no, the, I the entire I DOJ so. going, I don't care. One, um, of, the great th- one yeah. of the great things about this this now cascading uh, series of subpoenas from the January 6th uh, committee is that it keeps increasing pressure on Merrick Garland, and yeah. pressure is exactly what we need mm. to either get him to do what he needs to do or uh, to motivate uh, the replacement of him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is great. We're up to, what, at least 13 subpoenas yeah. now, mm-hmm. probably more. The committee's already talked, to, again, as I've said before, they're, they're in deep with this already. Yeah. They, they've talked to hundreds of witnesses, examined thousands, maybe millions of pages of documents. Uh, they're, they're deep into this, and they keep moving forward. Uh, this uh, increases the pressure on Garland. I'd, and, and based on other things I see happening, uh, the, the DOJ can't sleep on the prosecutions in Georgia and in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of this brings pressure to the DOJ to act. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think, Jody? You're our resident uh, legal <laughs> hobbyist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have the law and order degree. Yes. In, it's true. Um, it's true. Uh, of all of the shows. Anyway. <laughs> That's um, right. It's true. All of them. Uh, even the ones that are canceled. Um, uh, I think, you know, I'm Joyce, Joyce Vance um, calms me down. Yes, yeah, me too. Um, uh, we have to remember that the new D, uh, the new federal prosecutor just was put in less than a week ago. He was put in last Friday. Oh, okay, gotcha. Or two Fridays ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so he had five minutes after the Bannon subpoena went to the DOJ to like, okay, now what do I, Now, granted, there are other people probably working on that case, but mm-hmm. when you get into a new job, you got to be brought up to speed. And with 600 other defendants happening and so many other things going yeah. on with regard to January 6th, There is a lot of work. I mean, Kyle Rittenhouse, that schmuck, um, Mm -hmm. how long did it take for his trial to start? Oh, yeah. It's been since, what, June, July of uh, 2020? 2020. So this is is over a year for one defendant. Mm -hmm. We have to remember that. Granted, there will be a statute of limitations versus on murder, but still, I believe, you know, listening to Joyce Vance talk about how the last time there was a criminal contempt and the person didn't get, uh, prosecuted because the evidence wasn't there in the eight days that they tried to bring this person up for prosecution. Mm-hmm. We need the evidence in place because if he gets off, right. it's done. I, that's what I keep telling progressives is that you, which is going to piss you off more, mm-hmm. uh, them taking a little time to get it right or uh, them muffing the case and having the perp walk on a technicality. Exactly. They Absolutely. need to cross all their I's and dot all their T's. <laughs> right, exactly. 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 There's a limit, though, to the latitude that I think right. we should provide here. Yes. And the latitude ends when the Congress starts to wrap up, this particular Congress. And that wraps up the beginning of January of 2023, a little more than a year from right now. So right. there's a finite period of time that the 1-6 committee w- could be impaneled. I mean, it could continue on past the, the transition after the midterms, 
But if the Republicans end up taking the House, then that's you why say, a special counsel. I think. Yeah, right. I think they needed to put a special counsel in place before November of next year. <laughs> yes, yeah, because yeah. we were not in this position during Watergate. That's one right. of the things that uh, is distinguished here. The other is the fact that uh, Nixon did win a second term, whereas Trump did not. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but uh, it took, it was about 10 months yeah, until the time. Watergate investigation got underway in earnest mm-hmm. after the crime itself. So, uh, you know, at 10 months, it's been 10 months now. And I look around, I see things happening. Yeah. I see I see prosecutions moving forward. And uh, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But, yeah, I'd love to see some primetime TV coverage of this. But yeah. I think that's where we're headed uh, based on the prosecutions already in progress. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it, Buzz. I think one of the reasons why the Watergate hearings were so front of mind for a lot of American voters is because it all happened on television. You could actually watch right. these things happening. And... To a certain extent, we had some of that early on. I think we had some of that a month or two ago. But beyond that, we really haven't seen anything happening on television. And you know what? Sometimes that's not a bad thing. Sausage making freaks people out. Yeah. It does. Uh, yeah, we've seen that with Congress. But it, yeah. yeah, it's it's we got It's hard to be patient. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you're right. You're right. There is a limit to our patience. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's prudent to to be patient right now because I feel rumblings. Look, these guys invaded the Capitol, occupied the Capitol, committed acts of violence against Capitol police officers, and tried to overthrow an election. Tried to assassinate the vice president. Tried to assassinate uh, Democratic members of Congress maybe even some Republican members of Congress. I mean, there was a period of time there where Mitt Romney was running for his life (laughs) through the halls of the, uh, you know, outside the Senate chamber. The perspective we have to keep and and the approach we need to take is to know that most Americans aren't really truly aware of that fact. They, they, They saw trouble at the Capitol and... For most Americans, not us, but for most, I would say it was forgotten a couple of days later. Mm-hmm. So it, it obviously is on us to keep that alive and to let people know with evidence that it's real. Well, yep. let's move on here to the exciting world of inflation. I know oh, I was yes. going, woohoo, inflation. Oh. <laughs> Bob, Buzz, and Jody are going to talk about inflation. Everybody pull up a chair and get a drink, popcorn. <laughs> It's what Republicans in the news media are screaming about right <laughs> that now. That is absolutely and, and true. We, we need a defense for that. I, I think I brought one. I, I don't mean to necessarily step on your toes. I don't know if this is no, one of yours, fine. Buzz, go, but go. the fact that the consumer price index rose uh, 6.2% in October compared... Uh, com- over, yeah, right. Over yeah, 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 compared with a, a year ago uh, is certainly concerning in and of itself, but I think yes. there are a lot of people who are concerned about a return to the 1970s and stagflation. Well, the fact of the matter is yeah. that the economy is much better shape than it was in the 1970s, inflation aside. So, yeah. so people are earning more, uh, and the conditions are such that uh, inflation isn't really having that same effect as it did uh, back then. Certainly prices are rising in certain areas, but there are explanations for that too. If if you're worried about 1970s, you know, I know the Republicans love bringing up Jimmy Carter and blaming him for it, even though he had very little control over uh, over all of that. He sort of inherited the shitty economy. Well, and the oil embargo didn't help either. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was that too. And so combined, people are so concerned about, oh my God, it's going to be the 70s again and we're going to be rationing energy and we're going to be freezing and you know it's going to be the malaise days of jimmy carter as as the uh, reaganites used to say and that's not happening 
It, look, any economist right now will tell you that the factors that contributed to what happened in the late 70s, not there right now. No. And, and Buzz, I'm sure you got a lot more on this well, front. Well, we need to take this seriously because yeah. inflation is a scary monster, as you've just described. You just told us why it's a scary monster. Yeah. Uh, it, it has a very real impact for people who are already living on the edge because right. it can push them below. Uh, but there are some things we need to know uh, to help people put this in perspective because the news media is screaming about inflation. Republicans are screaming about inflation. Joe Manchin is screaming about inflation. We need to fight back. So hopefully here's some stuff for you. Okay. Uh, the consumer price index only went up 0.9%, right. less than 1% in October. Now, yes, over the last 12 months, from October to October, it's gone up to 6.2%. Yeah. Four months of that was Trump. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe longer if you count however long it took for Biden to get some of his economic policies into place. Yeah. So uh, almost half of that is on, at least, is on Trump's watch. Uh, th that's one thing to know. Uh, the other thing to know is that if, if what 6% inflation means is that if you were uh, spending $100 a month on something, yeah, mm -hmm. or you can multiply that to fit your situation, uh, this means you're spending hundred six dollars and twenty cents. Oh, oh my God! Are so, you are you so, kidding? Wow! So so you're <laughs> yeah. on on something that's a hundred dollars a month. That's now for somebody who buys two hundred dollars of groceries a week. That's forty eight bucks a month. And for some people, that's that's a so it's a thing we should take very seriously. Right. But at the same time, it's not as bad as as the media and Republicans and Joe Manchin are making out making it out to be uh and like you said the economic news and if you don't mind me repeating it half million new jobs last month we have five and a half we'll talk about october of last year since october of last year we've added five and a half million jobs more yep. than that really unemployment's down to pre-pandemic levels at 4.6 percent your retirement plan's been held by a record-setting stock market that's up 22 percent over october of last year wages are up nine percent now against six percent inflation that means wages are really only up about three percent but that's not going backwards mm -hmm. uh and unemployment's down to 38 uh, down by 38 percent over the last year consumer spending up 10 percent and consumer spending is part of what is fueling this inflation yeah because people have money in their pockets mm -hmm. because of the economic plans of of joe biden they're spending more which increases demand and the higher the demand the lower the supply and the lower the supply the higher the prices so mm -hmm. uh some of this is fueled by actually a good economy uh smart economists will work to balance that right uh but i don't know if this is long term i'm i'm still with the white house in terms of thinking this is a result of uh the delta variant yes uh and and uh you know the uh the pandemic itself mm -hmm. uh that we're still recovering from uh and and uh, this business about shortages i think has been adequately debunked uh by uh, the fact that uh, there were shortages just as bad and price increases almost as bad during the shortages we experienced during the pandemic in the Trump administration. Yep. So, well, well, you know that that story with that that family that has nine children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're they're paying. Oh, know, the milk, the milk people, the twelve well, gallons of milk or whatever. Yeah. It's like if they have if all nine kids are under eighteen, they're getting an average of what two seventy five a month per child. Yep, child tax cut. So if they're getting right. close to $2,700 a month, say, let's just go $2,000 extra a month mm -hmm. in child tax credits that is being delivered to them on a monthly basis, the, the 12 gallons of milk, they can afford it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, it's funny, throughout the entire uh, Virginia, New Jersey uh, off-year election uh, campaign cycle, we heard very little about that, didn't we? Yep. <laughs> that, I think that was a big mistake. But it I is. Think- it, the child tax credit is a huge thing. It's very helpful to people, yeah. along with the $1,400 checks most Americans got as part of uh, Biden's $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill, which mm-hmm. was bipartisan. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so what we're talking about here... I think we can trace all the way back to, you know, the businessman president, the previous president who was allegedly the great uh, genius, wealthy businessman who we absolutely needed to be president because we need to run the government like a business, don't we? And so (laughs) that's what happened. We elected. And by we, I mean, uh, gullible, naive suckers elected Donald Trump. And so, shocker, when we finally hit this global calamity, uh, this pandemic, mm-hmm. and action needed to be taken not only to stop the pandemic in its tracks, but to also reinforce the economy as it hits this perilous uh, you know, uh, crisis. But none of that happened, of course. The pandemic was allowed to go unchecked. So after this major economic calamity of 2020 in this horrendous, quote-unquote, businessman president, there's this huge traffic jam with consumer products, which is increasing demand because supply is lagging, which is then leading to higher prices. But the thing is, today's inflation is temporary. Most economic experts are saying Yeah, it's not going to last that long. But it is real, and it is scary, and it is being used already as a cudgel against us. Yeah. And so it's important that we arm ourselves with these facts from uh, progressives on social media to elected Democrats. Uh, We need to be be correcting the record here because this is and will be used against us. That was my greatest fear. Uh, My heart was struck with fear when I heard uh, that the cost of living had gone up uh, 6.2% in the last uh, 12 months. I thought, oh, my God, they're going to try to kill us with this. And you look around and uh, journalism, uh, Republicans and and even Joe Manchin are beating us over the head with it. We've got to fight back. And these numbers, these facts are what we have to fight back with. And by the way, uh, Biden's uh, $3.5 trillion uh, human infrastructure bill uh, addresses all kinds of these problems, including supply chain. Yeah, yeah. And uh, again, the uh, unemployment numbers are dropping. Dropping to, I mean, we're so close to basically having 100% employment right now. Yeah. Uh, in the late 70s, unemployment right. was around, what was it, 10%? I mean, yeah, it was, it was huge unemployment numbers. So consequently, this was that stagflation that I was talking about earlier that everyone's so afraid about. And of course, the Republicans are actively fear-mongering based on that. Oh, look what's happening again. It's going to be the 1970s, Malay's days, as I was saying before. Right, right. And And they they keep finding things to frighten voters with, and inflation does frighten voters, and and it is real, and it is here. And so we have to fight back, or they will crush us with it. And Isn't the Fed going to raise interest rates to kind of stem it back yeah i think that's part of the expect so yeah that's part of the problem with inflation part of the thing that's causing it is the free money basically because uh the interest rates are so low um so consequently that is feeding uh inflation combined with all of the other things so savers like i am Mm -hmm. we're gonna get a nice little boost in our savings accounts 
Uh, yeah, I think so. I hope so. <laughs> That's be what nice I hope, to see you know, because I, you know, I don't have a whole lot invested other than basically in my house. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like my little paltry little savings accounts like, oh, yeah, you're making 0.0175%. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because well, in the 70s, it was like three or four percent that you were making on a savings yeah. account. So it didn't take much for you to save money. At even, that point. even CDs are making nothing these days. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's supposed to be the nice, a nice, safe, you know, right. good it's investment not. with going to make you three or four percent, which it's not even making that. I mean, T-bills are doing the best because of fear. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, that was that was my dad's investment was T-bills and real estate. Your cool, cool dad. Cool, <laughs> cool Paul dad. Thomas Anderson's role model, his hero. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, the other thing here I want to throw into the mix as far as looking ahead to the midterms. If inflation recedes again over the next, mm-hmm. let's say, even the next six months. I hope, I hope, I hope. That is going to be pretty good timing because yeah. as we have learned over the years, uh, things that happen in the last quarter of the previous year before an election, way too early for them to have any effect on the election itself. I mean, usually when you have government shutdowns, Usually happens around this time of year. Remember the previous government yeah. shutdowns we had? We were yeah. like, oh, my God, how is this going to impact the election next year? Well, it turns out that the government shutdown didn't have any impact whatsoever on the election, good or bad, because it was so early in the uh, overall schedule for that election season. So that's the other good news when it comes to inflation. No, inflation's not good. Let me be clear about that. But it is temporary, and I don't think, knock on all the wood, I don't think it's going to have that much of a negative impact think, think on of it, think of it, 22. Yeah, think, of it, think of it as a vaccination side effect. Yeah, that's because exactly Because we right. got it, we, the economy got a vaccination, and we've got a little side effect from it. And I yeah. hope that's true. I hope it is temporary. And I think it will be because I, I, I know in my gut that Joe Biden does not want this to happen on his watch. That's right. Uh, uh, you know, and he could have various reasons for that. But I just don't think Biden wants to let this destroy him politically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and remove all of his political capital. And make sure if you're talking about this over Thanksgiving or whatever (laughs) and your Trump voting relative brings up inflation, make sure to remind them, make sure to remind people on social media that this started with Donald Trump's incompetence. Make no mistake, this isn't something where suddenly the economy goes, oh, there's a Democrat in office? Oh, let's have inflationary numbers here. And it's not that. You can trace all of this back to March of 2020. That's when all of this bullshit started, where Donald Trump absolutely dropped the ball. And he needs to be held accountable for that. And not just the human toll of that, the economic toll of it as well. Okay, uh, so we're going to talk about um, this guy, Sean Parnell. Buzz, you and I talked about him a little bit on Tuesday, mentioning him. Uh, He's running for the U.S. Senate out of Pennsylvania. Uh, a Republican, okay. obviously. Right. Uh, I want to talk about this guy coming up here in a second, not only because <laughs> he's been accused of not only uh, abusing his children, but strangling his wife. And he's... Yep, that's a Republican. <laughs> he, he's the guy that Donald Trump endorsed for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania for next year. Of course. There's a new bit of information about uh, Sean Parnell that I want to talk about here in just a second. Plus, uh, no more political tourists. Uh, another one is, uh, speaking of Pennsylvania, another another political tourist, another political hobbyist throwing their hat into the ring in Pennsylvania. We're going to talk about that. Plus, I've got a Trump's uh, DWAC... I got a DWAC stock update. 
<laughs> just a little tidbit oh, good. because I'll you know on those. I'm enjoying the Schadenfreude watching uh, Donald Trump's media stock crash and burn. So uh, we're going to talk about that in uh, just a few seconds. But as we were saying at the top of the show, here in the uh, the windy, cold Norland that we call our our apartment, where it's perpetually two degrees, Manuk of the North. <laughs> exactly. I'm looking for the bumble. Where's that bumble? Uh, but yeah, so every Friday, Kimberly Johnson and I here in the refrigerator do a, a show called The After Party. It's our uh, Friday podcast exclusively for our Patreon subscribers. That's the fourth podcast we record here uh, for the week. But this one's totally different from the usual Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday shows. Friday After Party podcast is loaded with all the politics you want, while also including uncensored, completely obscene conversations about sex in a refrigerator. Uh, and all the stuff we can't get away with on the free show. And so please help support this podcast by subscribing to our Friday After Party for just $10 per month. And bonus, you're also going to get two Shadow Docket shows every week, every Tuesday and Thursday, included in that level of support. That's bobseskashow.com, or just click the all-caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. And we thank you. The Bob Seska Show. This is one of my favorites. Elijah Bone, right here. Brand new song. They just sent me this one. It's a song called uh, You'll Want Me Back. This is one of my faves. Uh, you know, look, I try not to play favorites with our indie recording artists, but I just got to be honest. I love Elijah Bone. Uh, ElijahBone.com to support these guys. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, BobSuska.com slash music if you'd like to submit your songs to the show, and we thank you for that. Uh, let me see. I think we're only doing one more Indie Music Countdown this year. Uh, we always do one at the end of November, of course, at the end of every month, except for at the end of December, where we don't do an Indie Music Countdown at the end of December, because throughout December, what we're going to do is return to our annual tradition, which is we're going to recap some of the, the best of our women recording artists throughout uh, December, and we're going to throw into the mix some uh, independent uh, uh, Christmas songs as well from some of our uh, indie recording artists here on the show. So I'm looking forward to that a lot. Yes. And then at the end of the year, our year-end talk show I'm looking forward to. Oh, yeah, our New Year's yeah. Eve. We're going to do the New Year's Eve show again. Uh, <laughs> that's exciting. <laughs> of course, it's going to be free, as always. We're going to put it up uh, everywhere you get your podcasts. So uh, watch out for that. All right. So Sean Parnell, <laughs> one of the many quality candidates the Republicans are putting up for the midterms oh, yeah. next year. They seem to have a violence problem. And Sean Parnell tops that list. He's been accused of uh, physically abusing his children, uh, choking his wife, pinning her down and calling her, quote unquote, a whore. This is the guy who might actually get the nomination for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania. In the meantime, wait do you hear this audio of Sean Parnell. Sean Parnell was on a show the other day and he was talking about uh, obviously running. And one of the things he mentioned Something about dinosaurs. I don't know if you guys saw this on social media. 
But listen to this. Listen to this guy talk. When you hear him talk, you'll immediately, your spidey sense will start tingling. You'll immediately know exactly what kind of guy this guy is. Here we go. This is Sean Parnell running for U.S. Senate out of Pennsylvania. I feel like the whole happy wife, happy life nonsense has done nothing but raise one generation of woman tyrants after the next. Maybe (laughs) it's just now. There's Happy wife, happy life. Uh, He hates that. Before you play this tape, I was preparing to make a comment that, uh, of course, this is true of all these candidates because Republicans are the party of masculinity. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. And to them, this is masculinity. They're making a big push. It's going to be a huge issue for the midterms, all about masculinity, because nothing says masculine like constantly talking about your masculinity. To me, that screams overcompensation. I think to regular, most normals are hearing that and going, why is he overcompensating? Yeah, why, why, why does he need to emphasize this so much? Does he have an issue? I don't know. But this is uh, Sean Parnell basically illustrating everything that's wrong with the Republican Party right now, at least when it comes to gender. An entire generation of men that don't want to put up with the BS of a high-maintenance narcissistic woman. I also think that oh modern-day feminism has driven a wedge oh, between men and women. The idea yeah. that a woman doesn't need a man to be successful, the idea that she a woman can live a happy and fulfilling life without a man, she can. I think it's all nonsense. It's I- nonsense, he said. No, 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 I, 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 I disagree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, what do you think, Jody? That, I mean, I mean, w- w- how would he feel if I went out and said, who thinks that a man can live without a woman and without a woman he can't be successful? I mean, just, just reverse the bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's like, seriously, dude, there are very many women out there who are doing just fine without the boys. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. these boys. <laughs> yeah, Especially right. boys like him. I mean, yeah. he's just like the worst. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're basically he's putting incels up as who you should be when you should grow up because women should be your chattel. And I mean, it was only 50 years ago that women, barely 50 years ago, that women were allowed to get credit cards on their own. So fuck him and Mm -hmm. the fucking bullshit fucking insult fucking fuckity fuck he fucking (laughs) fucked on. Uh, You're not on Stephanie's show now, are you? (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done, Jody. Thank you. Uh, Fuck him. No, don't fuck him, girls. Stay away from him. He's bad. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? It's not just him. The only reason he's saying all of this is because it resonates with Republican voters. That's the status of your Republican Party in 2021. You know, women having a mind of their own and doing their own thing. That's nonsense. Because unless they've got a man backing them up, they're completely useless. That's what Sean Parnell is saying. And we're about to get to the weirdest and worst part of this quote. We haven't even gotten to the weird part yet. Really? Yeah, because he's going to come up with an evolutionary excuse for why this is. And of course he will. Wait till you hear it. I already have one failed marriage, and, you know, I... I oh, he's got, already got one failed marriage. Oh, sh- shocking. A, yeah, I know. shocked. <laughs> In there, I've done that, but I, I look at women on Instagram when I stumble across their pages. He only stumbles across women yeah. on Instagram. He doesn't actually... Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't follow any. He doesn't look at any pictures of women unless he stumbles upon them on Instagram. He's there for the articles. Yeah. You know what that indicates to me? I think I think he's up to shenanigans on Instagram. I'm just saying I'm not I don't have any proof along those lines. It's just a theory. It's just an opinion. But it sounds like this guy might be preying on women on Instagram. And then trying to walk that back or, or to preempt that by saying, oh, you know, I only stumble on women on Instagram. I don't actually, I trip over them as I'm walking toward the men. 
Oh, my God. Fucking Sean Parnell. This guy might end up being the nominee for U.S. Senate. All right. We haven't gotten to the weird part yet. Still to come. And the wow. number one thing that turns me off the most is all the duck-billed selfies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All those duck-billed selfies. Can't have that. What an atrocity against America. Why do all those duck-billed selfie women hate America so much? Oh, God. The narcissistic duck-billed selfies. From an evolutionary standpoint, it used to be, you know, women were attracted to your strength because you could defend them from dinosaurs. Oh, my yes, God. that's right. Dinosaurs? Yeah. Right. Did he Still really a- just say dinosaurs? He yes, did. he did. He did. Still, okay. Still a threat today. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right, Buzz. Yeah, that's how it all happened, right? The dinosaurs. We were... We developed strength. We developed gender roles you know, way back when we were defending women against dinosaurs. Wow. Good God. The misogyny combined with creationism, n- dogma. Yeah. That's misogyny, a, thy name is Parnell. Yeah, exactly right. It's misogyny. All the worst parts of misogyny yes, combined with all the worst parts of creationism into this chimera of horseshit that the Republicans have decided, hey, this guy, this guy to do, do the trick. And meantime, Buzz, we were talking about on Tuesday, Rick Scott is like, I don't know how to handle this guy. I don't know what to say about this guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the fact that he tried to strangle know. his wife or anything, you know. I don't want to alienate the wife beater vote. <laughs> That's, but you know what? That's true. That's yeah, real. Donald Trump was all about that. That's the reason yeah. why he said there are good people on both sides. Because he didn't want to turn off the a-holes. Because he knows he's got the a-hole vote. He's got the racist vote. He's got the white supremacist vote. He's got the... In fact, it's an endorsement with a wink and a nod. Exactly right. They're unwilling to turn away from the crapola vote. You know, all of the worst people in the world, that still votes. They can still walk into a polling place legally, apparently, and uh, despite their awful, awful track record and what they support and what they believe, their horrendous values. And, uh, you know, the Republicans have made a conscious choice years ago. In fact, you could trace this back to the Southern strategy and the Nixon administration. You could trace this back to Roger Ailes and the whole point of Fox News Channel, where he goes out and he looks at the demographics, looks at the poll numbers and says, hey, uh, do, do these dumb shits have a network? Maybe we should make a a network for the dumb shits. Oh, we'll call it Fox News, you know. And in fact, Roger Ailes pitching this to Richard Nixon when Nixon was president. And it took, uh, you know, a couple of decades to, to get it started. But that was the whole point. There was this untapped demographic in the United States that no one was... Uh, stupid enough to exploit, except Roger Ailes comes along and says, "Yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna make my fortune on the dumb shit racist vote." And so that's that's the well, Republican politicians had already been doing that as we've just oh, discussed yeah. before. Yeah. Uh, party the rich needs voters, uh, so it appeals to them using fear uh, and hot button issues like uh, the Bible, guns, abortion, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right, masculinity, whatever. And uh, we're going to tap into the people who believe that men uh, have to exude strength because, you know, they used to have to defend women against dinosaurs. And may have to again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. And so that's their, that's the centerpiece of w- many things that are wrong with the Republican Party. My God. And speaking of Pennsylvania, uh, another political tourist might be throwing his hat into the ring. Dr. Oz might actually jump into the Pennsylvania Senate race. So it's going to be 
this political hobbyist versus a guy who is accused of strangling his wife and beating his children and says that uh, men are strong because dinosaurs. And so this is the fucking clown car. I'm going to have to bring back that clown car music for yeah. the midterms because we've got a hell of a lineup that they're jamming into the teeny tiny my, car this time around. My, huh? my, my attack ad would be he shouldn't be a doctor, he shouldn't be on television, and he shouldn't represent you. That's right. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and you've got McConaughey running in, in Texas, apparently, and oh, yeah. on, the, on the idiot platform. Yeah, yeah. Matthew McConaughey saying that um, vaccine mandates for kids are a no-no. Political tourist. Yeah. I, Political you know tourist. what? He can just be pretty and, and just, you know, smile for the camera. Oh, wait, we don't we get that from the other side? <laughs> well, you know, I noticed, too, on uh, Twitter yesterday, or maybe it was Instagram, I forget which, but Jen Kirkman, who's famous for her JKL tattoo, J- Just Keep uh-huh. Living. She's got, she's got a tattoo right. on her leg that says JKL, which is Matthew McConaughey's catchphrase, Just Keep Living. And she was uh, asking for people to respond as to whether or not she should have the tattoo removed now because Matthew McConaughey has come out against vaccines. She owned it first. Yeah, and that's what I, that was my reaction, Buzz. I I think she should keep it because now it's just as much hers as it is his. You know what I mean? Because she's made it part of her stand up. And uh, one of the best parts of her stand up is when she's talking about her JKL tattoo. And so to me now, she kind of owns that. So it's no longer like a Matthew McConaughey thing exclusively. It's now, you know, like a Jen Kirkman thing. So I would say, Jen, if you're listening, I would say keep it. And, uh, you know, but I think if you want to get rid of that, you know, and it's far be it for me to tell you not to. But I think I think it's just wise. have the L if she is going to do something, you just have the L removed and it stands for Jen Kirkman. <laughs> there you go. Unless her, what's yeah, her middle hey. name? She could be Jen Louise Kirkman. Yeah, exactly right. Hey, perfect. <laughs> oh my God! That's all you got to do is change the definition of it. It's not just just yeah. keep living anymore. It's <laughs> Jen Louise Kirkman. That is awesome, Jody. You know what? Between the both of you, I'm glad I've got you both around because you're you're just the, the solution people. We're Always gonna sell going. that. D- we're gonna sell that DJ console. I know. Well, we are. Yeah, I know. yeah. I, we do that, and and we also sell the you know the warranty. Yeah, yes. the two-year warranty after. Oh, but yeah. we do save the world every Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Did we talk about the DJ console on the show or before the show? I don't remember. But it I don't remember. Now, it? I don't know because it all runs in together. That's a little behind the scenes. This is why you should sign up for the Shadow Docket, by the way, because we don't know what we're recording and what we're not recording. <laughs> so anything can happen. And I think it was before the show. I was talking about how, um, and, and I don't. You know what? Look, I'm not going to develop this thing. I think they should market a podcast in a box because it's impossible to set up the technical side of doing a podcast. And now everyone's doing best. a podcast. Yeah, yeah. And so I think what they should do is sell something that you just basically plug and play and you've got a podcast, something with a microphone Brilliant. built in and all the rest of it. And you just turn, plug it in, plug it into the Internet, and then you're doing a podcast. We hereby claim the rights to that idea. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the, the reason I got that idea, the way I got that idea is back in the 70s and early 80s, they used to market a toy uh, tied in with WKRP. And it was a it was a toy radio console with a microphone and right. a turntable. And you could pretend to be uh, Dr. Johnny Fever, which I did. Get, 
And because you have to buy so much equipment to do a podcast, we yeah. were thinking, well, wouldn't it be great if it just all came in one box? If it's just <laughs> exactly. one thing you plug in and turn on. So, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's our adventure. Now, what you have to do today, Bob, uh, is write down this idea on a piece of paper, yeah. put it in an envelope, and address it, mail it from yourself to yourself. Make okay. Sure it goes through the mail and gets postmarked, and that will protect your idea. Okay, good. And what we really need more of in this country are more podcasts. So yes. that's yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm happy yeah. to feed Please. that. Feed yeah. that beast. All right. About making money here, Bob. <laughs> All right, let's take another break and come back with more show right after these words. Oh. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. Brand new to the show. This is uh, recording artist Joe Matera and a song called Inside Looking Out uh, from Australia. I'm always blown away whenever I get international recording artists submitting songs on the show. I mean, there's people in Australia and they're listening to my show. I can't believe that. So cool. Yeah, and this is actually uh, featuring legendary drummer Don Powell from Slade on drums. So those of you who are familiar with the band Slade, this is their drummer playing on this song. Uh, yeah, and of course, uh, Joe Matera was uh, was known as the best-kept secret in Australia, as far as his music goes. Yeah, Secret no vocally, more, because we're going to vo- be playing the hell out of him, right? Yeah, I look forward to more of that. Uh, vocally, he reminds me a little of Al Stewart. Yeah, definitely. You're the cat, yeah. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. That's, that's my pick of the day. I like that one. Yes, and you know what? Um, I also wanted to clarify, Bubble Genius has not reopened yet. I just want to They will, sure though. They, they will. are. By, I, will. by yeah. the end of this month, I think, is when they're going to reopen. Oh, really? You saw, did you talk to Paula? Oh, that's great. I, I emailed them, and because they're they're actually here, not far from my house, their their right. warehouse, mm-hmm. and um, uh, they're they've been fulfilling this like gigantic order. Yes. So they haven't been able to deal with like regular people like you and me. Mm-hmm. So as the, I believe she said, it was sometime in the middle or the end. By the end of this month, they'll be back. Oh, oh outstanding! Wonderful. I'm so glad to welcome, hear it. We welcome them back. Yeah, one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, everyone at Bubble Genius, and I'm so glad that that is. Uh, 
that is in the works right now. I know I get a lot of emails saying, oh, Bob, when is Bubble Genius coming back? I can't wait to buy more soap. And and yeah, that, I guess that answers the question. So we're hoping. I, I don't know. I don't know if they want this affiliation, but when I hear the commercial, I I hear the bubbling. I think bong. Yes. Just, well, that's <laughs> yeah. That's the wink wink buzz. That's I the, see. So it's not just me then. It's not just you. There's a very specific reason for the bubbles at the beginning and the end of those commercials. That's for sure. It gets my attention. Yeah. Yes, indeed, and and mine too. Um, okay, so <laughs> Donald Trump's DWAC stock. I've been loving watching this stock crash and burn. So much fun to see Donald Trump's latest business collapse in real time. It's just one of those things, my favorite spectator sport. It should be America's pastime, America's new pastime. Screw baseball. Watching Donald Trump's businesses fail. New American pastime right there. Get a seat. And yeah, and so uh, let's see, just in terms of where it is right now, DWAC, those of you who don't know, DWAC is the company on the NASDAQ that Trump has merged with to take his new media company public. And right now it's down 0.99%. So it's having a relative, it's still a down day, but it's having an okay day, at least compared to previous uh, days, which saw... You know, I think we were looking at 30% down one day, uh, oh, another 11% drops, down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really bad. But I always love seeing this. Motley Fool, which is sort of the gold standard in terms of, uh, you know, investment prognostications and recommendations and so on. Motley Fool has listed DWAC as one of three stocks to avoid this week. <laughs> hey, congratulations. Yes. Yay. Nothing but the best for our boy. Always winning the... Trump family, the Trump organization, and all those wonderful business ideas they have. The question is, is he tired of the winning at this point? <laughs> That's right. You know, look, there are a lot of things when Donald Trump fails at something, there are a lot of things that I think he just doesn't give a shit about ultimately. This right. is not one of those things. I don't think he wants this to tank. I don't think this is a pump and dump scam. I think Donald Trump wants this to succeed. He wants to defeat Netflix and, and, and he uh, has Amazon Prime. And so this is supposed to be his vehicle to getting revenge on Twitter and Facebook and all the people who've wronged him. And so when it crashes and burns, when it fails, that's always uh, putting a smile on my face. Just to, just in case you're aware, uh, Donald Trump's latest business, crashing and burning. Um, next up, at least 13 of Trump's senior aides campaigned illegally for his re-election in violation of the Hatch Act. This is something that Kellyanne Conway had an issue with during the Trump administration, but now the list includes several other cabinet officials and top White House aides, including Mike Pompeo, oh my God, you hate to see it, Mark Meadows and Kaylee McEnany. More trouble for Kaylee McEnany. Good luck with those legal fees, Kaylee. And you know what? They're probably getting money through a super PAC or something like that to cover probably. legal expenses. But there's always a chance that they have to go out of pocket. And th that's the kind of fantasy that I want to live in. <laughs> that They have to go broke. They have to get a second mortgage or a third mortgage or something like that to cover all the legal fees. But yeah, you can add uh, Hatch Act violations onto the ongoing yeah, list. It, it was uh, last year that I and other people filed yes. formal complaints with the uh, United States Office of Special Counsel, the mm -hmm. OSC, and uh, darned if they didn't write me back personally and say that they would look into it, and yes. darned if yesterday I didn't receive uh, in my email a 59-page report of their conclusions that indicted many of the people Bob just listed, including mm -hmm. Pompeo and Matt. McEnany and uh, 
Miller, everybody, uh, for violating the Hatch Act as well. Uh, unfortunately, USC or OSC doesn't have the uh, authority to prosecute, but they have prepared the case if anybody over at DA, DOJ would care to look into it, or perhaps in Congress. We should call these the Buzz Burbank prosecutions. Well, I'm just going yes, to like sure. give you full credit for this, Buzz. I'm going to say, you know what? The- I did lead people. I did publicize it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Henry Kerner is going, you know what? I'm like, Henry Kerner is the... Uh, is the uh, special counsel, uh, the office of special counsel. And uh, I'm sure he's looking at the, the documentation you sent him. He's like, okay, yeah, you know what? This is Buzz Bur- This is TV's Buzz Burbank. We're he would be smart to bring me on board. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. So you're the one yes. who's making Mike Pompeo's life miserable. I love that. Also, Kate I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, you know, these are not the, the mostest crimes they've done uh, <laughs> or, or that anyone in the Trump administration has done, yeah. but they are crimes. And they uh-huh. did do them, and we should add them to the list, and they should not be forgotten. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that uh, OSC did this comprehensive report uh, validating that all of these people did, in fact, violate the Hatch Act. Well, keep your Laszlo Toth typewriter out and ready, <laughs> because we've got another uh, series of potential prosecutions here. Today, Trump issued one of his official statements through his PAC, Save America PAC, which is his slush fund. I don't even know why I call it a PAC. It's a slush fund for Trump. But he released another statement announcing that he and Rick Grinnell, the former acting uh, 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 director of national intelligence, are engaging in shadow foreign policy. Yes, and Here's that's a violation. That's illegal. Oh, yes. Yeah. A big violation of the Logan Act right here. Here's the statement that Trump issued today, and it's very obviously not written by Donald Trump. This was someone else who has a better command of the English language wrote this. <laughs> statement by Donald J. Trump, the ex-president of the United States, one-term loser. The great people of Serbia and Kosovo have overcome tremendous obstacles in their pursuit of economic normalization. The agreements my administration brokered are historic and should not be abandoned. Many lives are at stake. The region is too important, and the people have waited too long for this work to be cast aside. Today, my envoy ambassador, he's a private citizen, and he's claiming Uh to have an envoy ambassador, Rick Grinnell, visited the Kosovo-Serbia border to highlight this important agreement. Just like we proved in the Middle East with the Abraham Accords, peace and economic normalization is possible, but it takes a sincere effort and unwavering leadership. Peace is possible. Don't give up. Long-term prosperity for those two nations is at stake. So Here's how we know Trump didn't write that. He doesn't know where Serbia is. He doesn't know where Kosovo is. And he has no idea what the Abraham uh, you know, Accords are. The, yeah, yeah, Accords yeah. were, yeah. yeah. I couldn't read my own handwriting, sorry. And the grammar is uh, just lovely. And so it's, it's yes. definitely not him. But the, not him. grammar notwithstanding. Huge violation. You're not supposed to engage in American foreign policy as a private citizen, whether it's Donald Trump himself or Rick Grinnell or anyone else who is aiding them in this endeavor. This is illegal and needs to be prosecuted, if if true. I mean, the worst part about it, though, is it appears as if he's got some sort of at least nominal shadow government that he's operating didn't i predict something along these lines Mm -hmm. uh, either before last year's election or during the transition that donald trump was going to engage in some sort of shadow government from mar-a-lago but wouldn't that have to like wouldn't other countries have to acknowledge that 
in order for it to mean anything? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is uh, apparently not to the not to the U.S. government. The U.S. government takes a very dim view of anybody messing with. No, the I understand Eastern, us. Yeah. Our, our I understand yeah, our side yeah. not taking like right. going, dude, you can't do that. Right. But I mean, it's like I've sent an envoy. So who the fuck cares in Kosovo? <laughs> yeah. Who the fuck cares out there? Nobody well, fucking it, cares. You're not actually representing the government. You fuckity fuck fuck. Yeah, in yeah, fact, yeah, yeah. they may they, that com- that country may even appreciate uh, having some what they feel is some kind of inroad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it might also be that Rick Rennell just flew out there, stood at the border, stayed right. at the Kosovo Holiday Inn or whatever, yeah. the, right. and flew back and reported back to Donald Trump, yes, I went to the border. Here's a selfie right. of me at the Kosovo-Serbia border. And that was the extent of it, that he didn't actually meet with anybody, and this is just superficial. This is just to keep the people who think he's still president, this is just to keep them happy. This is just, this is like, this is like porn for Mike Lindell, is what this is. He has a make-believe Oval Office set up at (laughs) Mar-a-Lago, and he delivers his little video messages from there, and he Mm -hmm. meets meets with people. He holds court in that make-believe Oval Office. Yeah. It believes he's the president. Okay, one last thing here before we wrap up, and this is specifically for the both of you. Um, I was thinking about this yesterday, and I brought it up on Stephanie's show, brought it up again on John Fugelsang's show, but I want to get your take on this. I'm not necessarily criticizing the administration, the current administration. I'm just asking a question. And the question is, Given the WHO's assessment of COVID in Europe right now, where, among other things, they're forecasting half a million dead uh, this winter in Europe alone, um, I'm worried about this reopening of travel into the United States from Europe. Was the timing of this not good, or is there something that I'm missing in the... uh, decision-making here to reopen travel uh, from from those places that are now experiencing a huge surge in COVID, especially places like Germany. I also think uh, Romania is having a hell of a time right now, and we're just now reopening travel from there. So I'm I'm worried. What do you? Let's go to Jody first. What, yes. what do you think of <laughs> this coinciding of these two stories? Well, I, I you know when when California decided to quote, open up June 15th of this year, I was like, too soon. Mm-hmm. Too soon. And then obviously L.A. County and other bigger counties went, nope, masks back up, it, whether you're vaccinated or not. Yeah. And now Governor Newsom just pointed out that, yes, we were number one in cases going down mm-hmm. up until this last week and our cases are ticking back up. Yeah. And and it's mainly in the redder areas of this large state of ours. Um, uh, LA County is still doing better than the rest of the state, but mm-hmm. you know, they're ticking up down here too. And, and we did just invoke in the city of Los Angeles vaccine mandates for customers and everybody going pretty much anywhere indoors. Mm-hmm. The mandate doesn't go into full effect. I don't think until the 23rd, mm-hmm. basically it's going to, they're giving, companies the chance to put up signs get things ready make sure they've got the security in fact i just walked by menchie's uh this frozen oh, yogurt place near oh, my I'm house so, i'm so jealous menchie's is the oh this my is God, another reason to come visit bob it's literally like it's like a block away from my house uh, you know um, what i'm just i'm gonna walk i'm walking but but <laughs> i mean i just saw on their window they said vaccination proof is required right. and literally it just went into effect on tuesday or mm-hmm. monday of this mm-hmm. week so 
And people, uh, Sean Barton in Burbank, even though I don't think that city has put it in, but it might also be countywide. But yeah, he yeah. said he went to two places. He's got proof on his phone, but two places wanted the card. And he's like, I'm not carrying around my card. Mm-hmm. I have it on my phone. I'm like, that'll change eventually. I yeah, mean, I have a picture so. of my card on my phone. I have my California uh, Department of Health Q- QR code, which includes mm-hmm. my third shot. And then I have... I just copied my card again to carry around because when I go out of the house without my purse, because usually I don't, I do have my wallet on me. So I'm yeah. going to actually put another laminated copy on my person, even when it, because I have one in my purse that when I leave the house to go anywhere else, I've always got it on me. But when I leave the house without my purse, now I'm going to have that laminated copy with me along with what's on my phone, mm-hmm. just because soon it's going to be grocery stores, hopefully. Um, so know, I'm worried about the security people at these stores. They were already getting issues, you know, problems with right. mask mandates. So I'm concerned about their personal safety. Yeah. And with the QR code, maybe, hopefully the state, which please, if you're listening to this, Governor Newsom, which I'm sure you do, um, every venue in the state should then have something that can read the QR code to know that it's accurate. Mm-hmm. Just And you have to put, say, all the doors are locked until your QR code goes through. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And then you can go into this establishment. That way there's not a human being at risk there. You've got your QR code. You can get in. I mean. My, my card doesn't have, does not have a QR code. If you have an iPhone, do. I don't know about other know. phone companies, but if you have an iPhone, uh, it will now read and store in your iPhone wallet yeah. uh, right. that, that information, and that can be used. I carry, so in lieu of that, I do carry a photo of the card and the, mm-hmm. and the card itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they say you shouldn't laminate them in case. I didn't. I laminated yeah. copies. Ah, okay, I gotcha. Oh, very good, very good. Okay. And I, because I have a laminating machine here. In case, oh, do you? Well, doesn't everyone? Yeah, I <laughs> got it years ago when I had to do backstage passes for a band. So right. I've had this laminating machine forever. And you no, know, and so I made a copy this morning of my second copy of it. My actual mm-hmm. card is with my passport. Yeah. So, do you think these protocols will mitigate any effect of travel from Europe? I mean, do you think those things like, you know, making sure we're checking people's vaccination records we're you know, we're testing them at the airport or whatever these things, because I mean, that's that's the only thing I can see is maybe a mitigating factor that that is a major difference between right now and what happened early on in the pandemic. When I think a lot of the travel from overseas that wasn't blocked by Donald Trump's incompetence right. ended up creating this huge crisis in New York City and elsewhere. And so that's what I'm, I'm mainly concerned th- about that. But now we've got all of these protocols in place that may I, prevent I think it. that I think that, yeah, I mean, uh, as soon as rapid tests get even better and more accurate, like mm-hmm. a pregnancy test, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you get you get tested before you even get into an airport mm. parking lot kind of thing. If you can't prove that you have been vaccinated by approved vaccination, that's the other thing. The United States has to make sure that the vaccinations that people have been given outside of these United States are still good yeah yeah because there are so many other vaccines yes. they're not just the three that we do. use they do valid they yeah and and i think astrazeneca has now been approved for canadians because that's the main thing that they were getting i see um so i mean i think that it will mitigate mm-hmm. at least people from other countries bringing something that's going to be deadly i mean as we know there are breakthrough cases uh-huh. but we also know that two vaccinated people if one does have say the delta plus or whatever it, that their their viral load will be lower, 
So right. it's harder for another vaccinated person to get it but, versus an unvaccinated person who has it. The vaccinated person still might get it because they will have a higher viral load. And again, we still don't even know how transmissible it is between two vaccinated people versus an unvaccinated person and a vaccinated person. Th- this, is strictly, this is strictly anecdotal. But yeah. uh, a Minnesota Vikings player uh, who was up to date on his vaccinations uh, this past week uh, contracted COVID-19. and has Was he with Aaron Rodgers by any chance? I, I don't know. I uh, don't know that yet, but watch that space. Uh, he was rushed to ER with uh, mm. COVID uh, in spite of being up to date on his vaccinations. So it's still a scary thing. Oh, I, I, would, yeah. I, I would say this. I, elected leaders, including President Biden and the governors of Democratic states, including them, are looking for a balance between the economy and uh-huh. uh, public health safety. Uh, and uh, so there's going to be this kind of experimentation going back and forth. Right. Uh, and and I do think that since we are requiring vaccinated only uh, in terms of admitting Europeans back into the U.S., uh, since we are requiring them to be vaccinated, since our adult population is now vaccinated at 70 percent, uh, have had both the initial right. shots. Uh, I think we're in a better atmosphere. Uh, the scary winter weather is is certainly a factor. Uh, hospitalizations and deaths are up in yeah, they're going up here. half yeah. our states now. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're going up uh, virtually everywhere across the U.S. It started in the uh, upper Midwest of Minnesota, for example, and in the Mountain West, uh, Colorado and beyond. I see. Uh, it, in other words, where it's gotten colder first is where we initially saw the rise. Now we're seeing it across the country. And we did expect a winter spike. Hopefully it won't be too bad, but so many people are just over it. Yeah. We also yeah. have to remember that the flu pandemic in 1918 lasted about two and a half years. Right. We're coming into year two, right. you know, the end of year two, because 2019, November of 2019 was when it was first detected. Mm-hmm. We didn't know about it until December. And then obviously Trump didn't do anything about it. It really so, hit by March. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it really hit us by March. But it was around in November of 2019. So we're at year two. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're two years into this. If it goes like the flu pandemic, which will become endemic, which I've been saying for over a year myself now, as soon as it started changing, I was like, this is an endemic disease. We didn't catch it. We didn't stop it. It's going Mm -hmm. to be here forever. We will always need shots to some extent. The next generation down, like children that are being breastfed by mothers who have Mm -hmm. either been uh, vaccinated or had COVID or both, those children most likely have some natural Mm -hmm. immunity because of their mother's breast milk. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure they're studying the babies that have been born in the past two years to see what's going on with their natural immunities. Okay. Um, uh, I'm 100% sure of that. And so the next generation down will be more likely to be able to have their own human. Like the flu, we had never seen it before. And now you can go around as, as a healthy human being without getting a flu shot. It's people, you know, in their 60s and older and small children that need the the vaccines. I'm getting mine in a couple of weeks because I got my booster a couple of weeks ago. So they're mm-hmm. like, wait at least two to three weeks before you get your flu shot. So I am. Gotcha. Advice will vary. I got both my shots uh, the same day in the same arm, uh, yeah. seconds apart, and uh, no side effects. So great. It, I mean, it, and different doctors are saying different things. Whatever yeah. your doctor says, go with that. That's but, what I'm uh, going with. Yeah. It, and so, that, you know, there appear to be no real wrong answers. Right. Exactly. I think Kathy Griffin got her, I think she went with shingles, um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the booster and the flu shot all at once i'm like girl you're gonna be down because wow, the shingles nice. will take you down yeah. that will take you down the shingle shot wow. but i mean i my view is 
I'm doing, I hadn't been doing flu shots in my thirties and forties. Mm-hmm. I didn't even care about it. Cause it's like, eh, it's, you know, it's the flu. It's been around for a hundred years. What right. do I care? But you know, this past year, since nobody got the flu, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's going to be bad this year potentially. Cause we're not masked up anymore. Oh right? yeah. I yeah. still am. Yeah. Yeah. I'm well, still masked up like crazy. I'm, I'm double masked outside. I mean, and I know half my neighbor, most of my neighborhood is vaccinated. So some of them look at me like, why are you still masking up? I said, just in case I run into somebody, I I don't want to get it and I don't want to give it. Right. Well, fear not. Uh, on Wednesday's interview show next week, I'm welcoming first timer Dr. Irwin Redliner to the show. <gasps> Dr. Yeah. Doom. Yeah, Dr. Doom is going to be on the show. And I'm going to just, I'm going to put together a list of as many questions about COVID as I can. I'm just going to, because I mean, I've been storing up <laughs> about a thousand yeah. questions about COVID yeah. all this time. And finally, I've got an expert on uh, on pandemics on the show. And I'm just going to, I hope he's ready because I'm just going to hammer him with uh, every question I can possibly that, think of that about sounds COVID. Like a, that sounds like a must listen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and especially right in advance of Thanksgiving, where we're all getting together with family and friends, and who's vaccinated, who's not vaccinated, et cetera. How do we navigate all of that? And so and, that's and, uh, you th- and you thought botulism was a problem. Yeah. <laughs> So one last bit of breaking news here from the Rittenhouse trial. Rittenhouse jurors gave the first defense witness a round of applause. Today. What? They did after Judge Schroeder asked if anyone in court had served in the military when John Black said from the stand that he had. That's the witness. The judge uh-huh. called for the applause and recognition of veterans. He called for that? He called for it? Oh, yes. Yes. That is mistrial. Uh, if the prosecution should now call for a mistrial yes. with, without prejudice, thank you very much. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And what, ha- what would happen to Kyle Rittenhouse in the event of a mistrial? I'm if unclear If it's without prejudice, they can retry him. If it's with prejudice, they can't. Right. Oh, I see. Good. Well, thank you, Jody. That that clarifies that. And so. Well, and the defense asked for a mistrial with prejudice yesterday. They didn't mm-hmm. get it. Right. Huh. Interesting. That okay. was surprising, but I think I, I, the judge knows where he's headed on this. So. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I. This judge is horrendous, and uh, Kyle Rittenhouse obviously being coached by Saul Goodman to uh, show off his, you know, Republican masculinity on the stand yesterday. That was uh, entertaining. All right. Well, the Shadow Docket's coming up next. Still a lot more to talk about here on the show. If you're missing the last third of the show, you're missing a whole lot of stuff. Whole lot of podcast. That's coming up uh, on our Patreon page, bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash Show. And if you can't remember either of those uh, web addresses, just go to bobseska.com and click the Patreon link under the logo, and it'll take you right there. Sign up for $5 a month. This is $5 a month. It's pennies per episode, and you're going to get two Shadow Docket shows every week, one on Tuesday, one on Thursday. And uh, by the way, if you sign up for a little more, as we were talking about earlier, sign up for $10 a month. You get the Shadow Docket shows. That's all there. Plus, you get the Friday After Party, too, with me and Kimberly Johnson live for the refrigerator. And uh, very entertaining. Got another show tomorrow, and then we've got another After Party next week, and then we're off for the week of Thanksgiving. I thought I'd mention that now. Okay, again, it's uh, bobseskashow.com. Please sign up if you can, and uh, we'll see you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.